0: to a brand new episode of kayfabe court here on rogue opinions my name is scott mcleod uh victor of the last kayfabe court so now i am sitting in the the judge's seat because apparently that's how it works around here <laughs> kind of like a p- weird pay it forward <laughs> kind of thing enjoying me today no. joining me today is nathan Greenway and jimmy baxter
1: look ty dillinger was gtv i'm not li- i know it's been a long time are you but... still
2: on this are you still on this we've talked about it the judges the judges decisions are final i thought
1: They're that's final. why we were here no,
2: no, that no, was there's last no thing. yeah no there, there's no appeals process in the kayfabe court
1: oh because well, then who do i send my appeal to because i sent it to someone
2: oh that that's just a uh it's just a small mailbox connected to a paper shredder. We have hamsters in the basement. They need fresh lining to their
1: cages. <laughs> I put like $100 in that envelope.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure the hamsters appreciate a cushy place to take a dump.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm... <sighs> well, to be fair, I am feel I am glad that I did not get the flux in my inbox like I thought I was going to last time after you encouraged people to send weird... Those are drawings. Oh weird <laughs> drawing
1: the, a... of the throbbing artwork. Yes. <laughs> oh, speaking of throbbing, have any of you guys seen Detective Pikachu? It's delightful. That movie is simply delightful. Yeah, so, it was really good.
0: Really transition was that. Speaking <laughs> of throbbing, look a little bit Pokemon. Oh, well, well, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds
1: is Ryan Reynolds.
2: Yeah. Speaking of throbbing, Ryan Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, is yeah, an we... absolute delight in that movie. He apparently wanted to do, like, a Brooklyn cop accent, but they were just like, no, 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 sweetheart, you stay you. You do you. And he made that movie what it was. I think parts of that movie were held up by Ryan Reynolds entirely. Uh, If you're a fan of Pokemon, it, like, definitely is something that you should see because it calls back to the original, uh, like, animated movies. And uh, the way that the actors interacted with the CGI was fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was just charming and it wasn't very long either, which I was really happy because it. it was like, it was like an hour 45?
2: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, maybe even an hour 35, something like that. But
1: uh, yeah, yeah, it never felt like a dragged. No, and the story was simple and I thought the way they introduced the Pokemon was uh, pretty good as well because it's going to be tricky for people that never played the games or watched a show.
0: Yeah.
1: And they did a good job. I don't know. Very if, job.
0: I don't know about you, but at the cinema I went to, as uh, you come out of showing through today, Pikachu like the three ones Like I went to, they hand you a packet of Pokemon cards. What? Yep. And then right. I got given Pokemon cards, and then I went on Twitter to find out Undertaker and Goldberg grabbing a match. I thought, what year is this? <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have I done a Mario McFly here? <laughs> 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 oh, so, yeah, that is time warp.
1: I remember yeah. going to see the first one, uh, the first ever Pokemon movie, and you did come out and you got like a special edition Mewtwo Pokemon card. Right. That was really cool. And then I was determined I was going to keep it forever and then I lost it immediately. And it's probably worth loads of money now.
2: <laughs> I still, I still, I don't know if you guys had them over in the UK, but over here, McDonald's had these like big Pokeballs that would come with like one of these like six. Gold like 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 tablets for Pokemon. When we went and saw Pokemon the first movie back in the day, I still have my Pikachu one from that movie. It those are, they're like maybe like a couple inches tall, and they're just like gold plated on the outside, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, they're
1: actual gold.
2: No, I mean they're they're from McDonald's, so they're like painted, uh-huh. and they're just on like a metal little piece. They look really cool. It'd
1: be amazing if they were just giving out gold bars with Pikachu.
2: On. That'd be America, pretty sweet. America in the 90s was a great place, guys. You don't even understand. They were just handing gold out to
1: children. And...
2: <laughs>
1: oh, still no health care, though. No, no, no. We, were, we had a give giveaway. We didn't have any need for the time. But use the gold to pay for your cancer pills, okay? <laughs> No, no That's... one had cancer in the 90s. That's all a 2000s thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Y2K bug was. Everyone thought the electronics was going to blow up. Actually, a lot of people just got brain tumors. All...
2: See, it the 90s in America was weird because we all just sort of burnt out from the AIDS crisis in the 80s. So we just took the 90s off and just sort of went like <laughs> out for like a couple more decades. And here we are. <laughs> it bummed us out in the 80s. We just wanted to... Our coke and listen to our old disco music, and they wanted to keep talking about healthcare.
1: So we were like, "No, no."
2: no hey, hey, so we're boys. too
1: busy doing drugs and going to Woodstock.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about Woodstock '99 the other day because I heard someone mention it—the one that Fred Durst was at, or whatever. Like, yeah, and like with the Offspring, Green Day, and yeah, like everyone nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> Because they wouldn't let that like, like I thought oh something amazing must have happened, like something nuts. It just turned out they weren't letting people bring water into the event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were charging people like five dollars for a bottle of water if you got inside, so everyone just dehydrated and nearly died.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, all the bands were like angry and just destroying the stage by the last day. It was and it was all on MTV, which is fantastic back in the day.
1: There was no way MTV cut any of that.
2: No, it was like they had portions, they had like live feeds of the uh, the, the acts. And I mean, lately, like, if they, you ever go back and try to watch it, I think it's now like edited because they were like just throwing shit into the crowd and, you know, spraying people down with things. People were like six inches covered in mud and like feces. Uh, Woodstock 99 is a scene. Oh. Uh, I'm
0: trying to figure out how we went from Pokemon to ease and now Woodstock.
1: I don't know. It must be quite as similar to just living in Scotland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. I, I, I will not stand for this type of stereotype. <laughs> as correct as it may, may or may not be.
1: Yeah, it might be true, but I'm still mad about it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, no, Who can't, can't... shithole? This is my shithole, alright? <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the thing, like, you may call someone a dick, but if anyone else does, then... Exactly.
1: Only yes. I can call my town shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the mentality. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shit,
1: do you guys want to talk about Double or Nothing? I didn't watch it, but...
0: Well, if you want to talk about shit, you talk about the six-woman tag, which I'd rather not. Yeah, oh. no. I can, we can skip that. The rest of the show was, uh, was really,
2: really fun. I mean, the top matches were insane. The Dustin and Cody match, what became of that was just a spectacle it was ridiculous
0: yeah it was It was getting quite uncomfortable for me with the clearly dusting blade far too deep because like all the red paint had gone but his face was still covered like he was like it was almost reaching Eddie Guerrero at 2004 levels of blood on the map oh, God,
2: yeah that, he was just was for a whole chunk of the match they would cut to him and he would just be pouring blood out of his head like somebody had left the faucet on. Uh, who won? Uh, Cody. Uh, Cody, came, does, out of,
0: go Cody came out.
2: The uh, GoDess retired. No, he he signed like a tag match with him against the Bucks for that uh, the show that they're doing in <laughs> July in Jacksonville because it's.
1: You just beat him and then signed him up for a tag
2: match. No, he had like it was like a touching like man moment. He was like, uh, "I need my brother, man. I need my brother." And then they embraced and like, it, yeah, it was it, it was a pretty cool moment. People were chanting Dusty, and there was a lot of emotion. It was like they were men having a moment together in front of twenty thousand people. <laughs>
0: um, uh, well, I did, well, like, does uh, kind of the things to their gear because Cody had. Eat a weight belt with Attitude Killer on the back of it, and kind of a reference to that promo we said where he was going to kill the Attitude Era, and Dustin, and Dustin had Natural on the back as gear. Uh,
1: does Cody, Cody know what out? year it is.
2: Oh wait, wait until you hear this. Cody came out and there was like a very Triple H looking throne. Um, he walked to the stage and was uh, to the ring and was handed a sledgehammer by Brandy, and then he used that sledgehammer on the throne, which then exploded. And the crowd exploded themselves in their pants, probably, because it was like, Oh my god, the war is on! It's happening! And people were, like, losing their minds, but, you know. So, you, no, Cody doesn't know what year it is.
1: Why? Why do you do that?
2: I, I, symbolism, I guess?
1: I don't know. That's very strange. they meant true. to be doing their own thing? Why are they bringing this up?
0: I don't know, but... I'm the maybe the only person in the world disappointed that if Dustin had natural on the back of gear, he didn't come out to the natural theme from WCW. Ah, oh, yeah, that was a
1: good one. It would have been even better if he came out as um as seven <laughs> <laughs> and just um just started stealing children <laughs> instead of being in the match. That's what I would have wanted. And then halfway through, goes under the ring and comes out as Black Rain.
2: Oh, like he hits all the he hits all the outside WCW and WWE
1: like yeah. gimmicks
2: and like succession. That would be pretty
1: great. <laughs> and in the end, he just comes out, and a third of his face is seven, a third is Gold Dust, <laughs> and a third is Black Rain, and that's his final form. And then he I, still
0: loses. I, and so. we do, we clearly know that Nathan dropped acid before taking this for doing this podcast. <laughs>
2: fantasy villain.
1: Jesus, it's, it'd be great. It'd be better than I didn't watch it. But it'd be better than whatever it was. I mean, obviously. I want okay. that's why. It, this podcast is actually my audition to get a job at AEW. I'm looking to get some of that sweet Tony Khan money. Oh
2: yeah, hell yeah. I'll write all the crazy shit they want.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Dustin, I can save your career. It doesn't seem like it needs saving, but I can do it. So you hit me think, up.
2: You think, you think you're at the top? I can get you to the top, baby. Listen Wait. to this
1: storyline. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need
1: lots of face paint. We need Terry Runnels back and Dakota.
0: One <laughs> one mention of Black Green, he would probably punch you in the face. Yeah, he doesn't
1: like talking about Black Green, does he?
0: Yeah, apparently he'll block you for one of two reasons. One is mentioning Black Green... Apparently the other is if he slag his autobiography, which is apparently terrible.
1: Uh well all right, no black rain, just seven and gold dust. And Dakota needs to come back. I don't know. But it can't be the actual Dakota because she's too old now. We need a recaster. And then we With need Dave Terry Diesel. Reynolds. Yeah, I think Dakota could just be like James Bond. So every now and then we just replace with a new a new small girl, <laughs> just a new small child. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but we Sorry, change ethnicity said, every time because we're inclusive. You said, <laughs> you said June Bond. I thought is Dakota gonna be played by Andress Silva? Dakota's just played by Matt.
2: and they treat they treat him like he's like a six-year-old and he's just like this is our little angel Dakota and he's standing there six foot four 250 pounds just like hey what's up are you doing
1: yes I think we can end the podcast there I think we're done (laughs) we're we're not getting any better than that guys guys, we've peaked (laughs) thanks for listening you can subscribe and
2: a five star review, and uh, here's a Outback commercial for the next forty minutes, <laughs> and a Blue Chew ad at the end. A Blue Chew ad, yeah. Because <laughs> after all the sodium you ingest from Outback Steakhouse, the only way to get an erection is Blue Chew. Blue Chew slash <laughs> wrestling. I don't know.
1: Yeah, just talk to Comrade. He's got all the contacts. He's got all the dick pills. He's
2: probably got a garage full of dick pills and a microphone to record his, like, 90 podcasts.
1: It's churchy. He must get free samples for every podcast.
2: Yeah, he's probably just... He probably makes little, like, tote bags and gives them away at the Christmas party. Although he
1: is married to a flair, so... Oh, so you, Yeah, I mean... strong chance he just needs them all. Scott, aren't well, we talking about Ric Flair today?
0: That's a segue. That's yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: the hardest
0: that you should mention. It's funny you should mention Rick Flair because I've just got this note through the door which says we need to go to court
1: now. Uh, well, come on in, guys. Everyone get an Uber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Keith your Court is in session. The kind of Honourable Scott McClary presiding as Judge jury and. If either of you get a line, possibly executioner here in this particular case. And the case you're looking to solve is a case of how Ric Flair got back from being buried in the desert back in 1999. Yes, this was in the dark days of WCW, where after an altercation with DDP Halloween Havoc 99, he was jumped in the back by the filthy animals, thrown in the back of an ambulance, which disappeared. The following night on Nitro, which was the October 25th episode of Nitro, the Filthy Animals played footage of them literally burying Ric Flair in the desert as opposed to the wrestling version of being buried. And Ric Flair would reappear a few weeks later after being, once again, I must stress, buried in the middle of the desert and just with no explanation as to how he got back and he never tried to seek revenge against any of the Filthy Animals for what they did. So, I will open up to both of you for open arguments. Jeremy, as a former winner of KP Court, I think you have the honor of going first.
2: Well, I thank you, Your Honor. I appreciate that. Um, What we're going to discuss here today, ladies and gentlemen, is a simple case of a boy being a boy. And that boy is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Ric Flair could get himself into danger, so it's a little bit of a tussle every once in a while, that's true. And one night he found himself on the receiving end of a beatdown from the Filthy Animals. You know them, I know them, they're they're crazy. They've been known to be crazy. Following night on Raw, as stated by our illustrious judge, they were shown burying Ric Flair in the desert. But what many of you don't know is that the following morning, a hand popped out from that shallow grave. A hand with a flask in it, attached to the nature boy, Ric Flair, who simply sat up from his shallow grave, dusted off his finely pressed suit, because he only wears the finest of silks. He is a king among men. He dusted himself off and headed down the road. What road, may you ask? The road known as the Strip, in Las Vegas, a place Ric Flair calls home. Can't walk into a small-time casino or a large-time facility without being noticed and taken away to the VIP section. So over the next few weeks, Ric Flair disappeared into gallons of booze and mountains of other substances and obviously women who wanted to take a ride on Space Mountain. Woo. Woo indeed. (laughs) And one day, he woke up On a bus, a Greyhound bus, which I have provided documentation to the judge and to the court. Uh, Pictures, as you will, from uh, a ticket left on the chest of one Ric Flair that he then left on the floor of the bus. He woke up outside of a, a bus station and decided to venture down to a local tavern where he spent a few hours. And he realized it was an early Monday morning. Didn't realize the date, but he started off. He was that soon picked up by a younger, sleeker Eric Bischoff on the way to his uh, his next WCW Monday Nitro. Rick got in the car, changed his suit, and walked out on Monday Nitro. Na- nary a word was ever said because this is Rick Flair, damn it, and you don't ask any questions. I rest my case.
0: All right, Com- compelling stuff so far. Uh, Nathan, would you like to begin your opening argument?
1: That was your opening argument? Jesus. (laughs) Ric Flair is known for many things. A lot of them I'm not allowed to say in case the matter is still in court. But when it comes to this, I present you with a tale. A tale that I have heard many times over my years. And a tale that has been repeated throughout history. And that is a tale of what did Ric Flair do? when he woke up in that desert well he woke up and unlike what jimmy said the video evidence from the show proves that he was not wearing a suit he was in fact still in his gear pink gear if my memory serves me right um, but rick flair is still known for his amazing cardio so what did rick flair do he started to walk and he ended up in a small town called crystal just outside of las vegas according to google maps and he went into the Chevron fuel station, and as he walked in, he looked to the car park area and saw a bus, a really big bus, a bus with a very famous face and tongue on the side of it. And he heard the voice from behind him say, hey, Rick, turned around, and it was Gene Simmons from KISS. And after a brief conversation, Rick Flair asked for a ride into Vegas, but Gene Gene declined. Gene instead gave him twenty-five dollars, which he Gene Simmons is known as quoting as saying is small-time change that he doesn't like to weigh him down, and gave him a coat, and pointed Rick in the right direction. So Rick walked from Crystal into the main center strip of Las Vegas, which takes about twenty-five hours. Where he gets there, and he knows this strip very well, so he goes to the oldest bar in town, known as called Atomic Liqueurs still wearing gene simmons coat and with the 25 in the hand he sits at the bar and buys one drink then another drink and then gene simmons walks into this bar they have an argument it ensues rick says hey why wouldn't you give me a ride into town and gene says i had to test you rick i had to test it you were the real goddamn rick flair and rick said we've met like hundreds of times gene why did you test me and gene refused to answer but for the next many weeks they partied together. KISS had a concert in town on the Friday night. They went to the Pepper Mill, which is a strip club. And Rick Flair did what he did best. He slept with strippers and he drank. On the Friday night he went to that KISS concert, and his favourite song on the set was God of Thunder. But the next day, after the concert, Rick woke up, hotel room. A stripper under each arm and one under the bed. Don't ask if she was awake. And Rick saw a note on the bedside table from Gene Simmons. And it read as follows. Dear Real Rick Flair. Life is strange Nate. One day you're drunk and off your mind on drugs, allegedly. And partying with the greatest rock and roll star on the planet. The next day you're abandoned by the greatest rock and roll star on the planet. It's me, Gene Simmons, by the way, Rick. And you feel betrayed. But you need to go get revenge on those goddamn filthy animals, Rick. So I've left you $25.87. It's small time change, I know, but it makes me feel poor carrying it. (laughs) Good luck, nature boy. Good luck. Rick Flair picked up that $25.87 and he did what he knew he had to do. He went to the hotel bar and he bought a vodka and orange and then he gave $20 to a kid outside this hotel for his for his bike and Rick cycled for eight days to Cleveland Ohio where he went into a house show for WCW a hero after this ordeal and that hero did the thing that he knew best he tapped out the Bret Hart <laughs> and there you go That is my opening argument, because that is what happened.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a lot to digest on both sides. Jimmy, I'll start with you. Uh, Jason has presented an interesting piece of evidence that it was, in fact, he was in his gear when he was being buried, whereas you said he popped out in a suit. Where would Dirk Flair procure this suit in the middle of the desert?
2: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury and the court, Your honor, everybody, I'd like to direct you to uh, an interesting, an interesting thing that happened on American television a few years back on a show called How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Now, Barney Stinson is awesome. We know that. Where did he get his awesome? You might ask Ric Flair. And in an episode of How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson cannot take a bad photo. No matter what position he is in or how disheveled he is, he always comes out looking dapper and straight-laced, as always. Ric Flair taught Barney Stinson everything Barney Stinson knows. Not everything Ric Flair knows. And just like we have seen in plenty of examples across the world, you bury Ric Flair in anything. He either comes out in his Nature Boy jacket or a finely pressed suit. It happens. He's the Nature Boy. You don't ask questions.
0: Fair enough, Uh, and the court does appreciate you acknowledging that Barney Simpson is indeed awesome. He is. He is. I've seen the video resume. As as we all have. Yes. Nathan, you claim that Ric Flair and all this thing was out with Gene Simmons. What evidence do you have that Gene Simmons was there with Ric Flair?
1: Uh, On the Friday night following the pay per view Halloween Havoc that took place. Yeah, in Las Vegas, uh, Kiss had a concert on the Friday night. You uh-huh. can Google that. It was happened. Therefore, they would have been in town and therefore they would have partied all night long like only Kiss and Ric Flair can.
0: Uh, you're saying this is evidence. Why it's not submitted beforehand? The court's not because you having to Google evidence mid-triumph. <sighs>
1: Well, Ooh. The, court, the court should be better prepared.
0: Ooh, you pulled
2: a Rahul, bro. You pulled a Rahul. I Order.
1: even said Order. in my opening argument, I said in my story, Kiss had a concert on Friday night.
0: Uh, Jimmy, your response to the fact to your <laughs> opponent's argument that Kiss had the concert
1: on it's the Vegas
0: same day. It's, it's a fact. They Order. No, that's... Being... That, that...
2: That is a fact. As as a member of the the Kiss Army, a uh, longtime fan, rock and roll, um, I know I know that they had a concert there, but I know, Ric Flair, Ric Flair wasn't there, because Ric Flair was in his finely pressed suit, partying the night away. Mere blocks away, they were in the same city,
1: but Ric Flair had other business to contend with, because he's Ric Flair, and he does as he pleases. I would like to bring the court's, te- um, the court's attention to this matter, which is that Barney Stinson isn't awesome.
0: <gasps>
1: and any true fan would know that Barney Stinson is legend. Wait for it. dairy, you're a fraud.
0: Order, order, here. Wait, excuse, excuse
2: me. I Again, I point the court to the video resume. Okay, Barney Stinson's video resume is on file everywhere. Okay, no matter where you look, you can find it. And he clearly states, "Barney Stinson, he's so awesome. Look at that guy; he's awesome."
0: That is that is a fact, and I am looking online right now. I can see, as Nathan said, yes, it was Kiss did have a concert in Nevada a few okay. days following. I oh, we have it you. By, And how do we it know it wasn't this? just
1: in? It wasn't just in Nevada, Judge. It was in the exact same building that the WCW pay-per-view took place.
0: Yes, but Ric Flair wasn't in the building. He was out in the middle of nowhere because he had been buried.
1: But what I'm saying is that he he went there and he saw his longtime friend, Gene Simmons. They're best friends. They're intertwined. No one loves Gene Simmons more than Ric Flair.
0: Yeah. As on the point of Barney Stenson... There are some who may argue that Barney Stinson, while awesome, there are some who would argue that Barney is also fictional. how How does this not affect your argument?
2: Barney Stinson is just like Ric Flair in many ways, because a little bit of Barney Stinson lives in us all. Doesn't that alone make him real?
1: May okay. I, may I reply? Yes, of course. Ric Flair is known uh, as, for one thing, as a womanizer. Um, you are saying that a bit of Barney Stinson, well, the actor that portrays Barney Stinson is inside us all. Would Ric Flair associate with a gay man?
0: Oh, whoa! whoa. Are are making the wild accusations that Ric Flair, Neil Patrick have any... Harris
1: is a gay man.
0: No, no, that is a proven fact, but are you assuming that Ric Flair is a homophobe? Because this is not the matter at hand. I, I, I will not have one negative word said about the Nature
2: Boy. It's not going to happen, not in my presence. shouldn't be happening in your presence, Judge. I'd hold him in contempt.
1: Yes, I, then, all, all I did was ask a question. I said, would he?
0: Of course he would. Of course he would. You're stepping dangerously out of line, no one more, and now you will be held in contempt.
1: I brought up a simple point. Which is that known womanizer Ric Flair? You are saying he associates with Barney Stinson or Neil Patrick
0: Harris? I simply ask a question. We're we're talking Um, about Neil Patrick Harris. I'm talking about about Barney Stinson.
1: Barney Stinson, guys, he's not a real person.
0: Neither is Ric Flair. We are talking about. How I Met Your Mother
1: wasn't even on TV during this time, so Barney Stinson didn't exist in 1999. Barney, of course he did. He's like in his early thirties at the beginning of
2: of How I Met Your Mother. Of course he existed. The character did not exist. The gimmick. I, I I'm 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 not understanding where you're. I'm not understanding the accent you're, you're using or something because I know that Barney Stinson is real. At least in in my universe, I know Ric Flair is real. I don't know where you're going with all of this. These wild accusations and the this this slander of two great great men
1: I'd like to um, say that I think my opponent in this case needs a sort of a psychiatric review because he's living life through How I Met Your Mother a show that has also ended at this point
0: <laughs> The show doesn't exist anymore I know well, that's not the matter at hand we should go back to Rick Flair no, it's not about Barney Stinson no, Nathan, Jeremy has said that he has very evidence of Ric Flair getting on that bus where he was picked up by Eric Bischoff and, t- and he appeared on Nitro. Yeah. How do you respond to that? He does have evidence.
1: I'd like to say that that could be anyone's bus ticket. There's no name on it. I've seen the evidence. It's just a bus ticket. Anyone could have got it. I'd also like to say, just from what you just said, Judge, I know that Eric Bischoff can drive a plane. But you've just said he can drive a bus. I don't know if he's ever done his driving license to drive a bus. I did not. I'd also like to bring the atten- court's attention that at the very start of Jimmy's argument, he said Ric Flair was going to Monday Night Raw. He didn't say Nitro. And anyone can rewind and listen to that.
0: I did hear that he did say Nitro. A clear slip of the tongue. I know what bra- I knew what he meant. And I did <sighs> not say that Ric Flair was that Eric Bischoff was driving the bus. I said Ric Flair got on the bus. The octopus, and he was then met by Eric Bischoff.
1: They didn't like each other at this point. It's well known they hate each other. All you have to do is listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, where he talks about his die- dealing with Ric Flair. Why would he be picking him up? But where if you, did, you
2: listen, if where you listen,
1: did you pick him up. Where did he pick him
2: up? What do you, you say? You, where let, was let me it? Speak. Jimmy? If you if you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, no matter what you listen to, you know. Eric Bischoff is first and foremost a businessman. And if he sees Ric Flair wandering around post, you know, party, not anywhere, you know, on the way to the venue, but he's not at the venue yet. He knows that 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 ticket, those people who bought tickets to see his product will be very upset if Ric Flair isn't there. So he puts business before personal feelings. We all know that it's
1: all messed up. Eric Bischoff wasn't even in charge of WCW at this point.
0: Thank was. There wasn't it? I believe this is near around at the time Eric Flair, uh, Eric Bischoff was sent home from WCW. So there is. I do have to give Nathan the. I do have to give Nathan credit on that one. I do not have the exact date of when he was sent home in front of me, but I do believe it was around this time.
2: And he was only away for about a year, and he came back in early 2000 as less of a... Uh, he didn't own it anymore, but he did come back to work.
1: So he wasn't there in October. He wasn't at this show. Your story oh. stinks. It involves a fictional character, a random bus ticket that you could have bought at any point, and a guy who probably wasn't even at the show. And you said Raw, he,
0: not True. I, I will not hold the Raw thing against cool I knew what he meant. Also, Jimmy, there is evidence of a house show that Ric Flair appeared at, and he did, as Nathan said, tap out to Bert Hart, whereas you said his first appearance back was not till a Nitro. It's
1: all falling apart, Jimmy.
0: It is. It is all falling apart. I think with that side, that shows that we must move into closing arguments. So, Jimmy, if you can... Try to keep your argument together enough for closing (laughs) (laughs) argument,
1: If you can make it about Barney Stinson, then there's a chance I'll concede.
0: Jimmy goes first. One more time. Well, ladies and gentlemen
2: of the jury and of the court, you have heard the other side try and poke holes in what is a time-age tale. Okay. Just because Eric Bischoff didn't appear on screen didn't mean he wasn't in the building. And I'd like to, I'd like to see anyone present uh, an argument saying that he wasn't in that building that night. Okay? Ric Flair got back to the world of wrestling after weeks of just traveling the world and gathering his way through the United States, these United States of America on the tails of women and just living in excess. Ric Flair got back to that building and just performed the way he always has brilliantly. Ric Flair has done many things in his life, and this was just another tale in the long, illustrious career of the Nature Boy. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Nathan... Your closing arguments, please. I think
1: my story is pretty set. Um, It's pretty apparent to to anyone that's been listening that Ric Flair uh, spent a lot of time with Gene Simmons and Kiss, something that the court didn't even seem interested in that story. And I'm quite disappointed in the lack of questioning. I don't feel like my story's got respect, probably because it's the truth and it's not made-up nonsense. And I think... Jimmy, you've been reading too many dirt sheets, brother.
0: Uh, that comment will be stricken from the record. Thank you. <laughs> Do not speak out of turn again. <laughs> Do you need ah. to get the bailiff?
1: <laughs> no, not the bailiff. I promise to behave from this moment forward. Is
0: that? Have you finished your, your closing argument?
1: Yeah, I'm going to end on... Um, on that, I think my story is pretty set. There's no holes in it that anyone has poked at. It's a solid story because it's the truth. It's not, it's not a nameless bus ticket. It's the goddamn truth, brother.
0: Well, as I said, you both give me a lot to consider, <laughs> and I like to point out the reason I did not poke holes in the. Rick Flair hanging out with Kiss is not only, like you said, was there proof that he was there, that the Kiss was in that building a week later, it does not sound something to the ordinary for Rick Flair to be doing, given his reputation. Both of your stories, from a certain point of view, sound like an ideal weekend for Rick Flair. But as much as I've condemned one member of this group, as I've condemned one side, for speaking out of turn on occasions. I do have here before me that on September 10th, 1999, the decision was made to relieve Eric Bischoff of power in WCW. And as he said on his podcast, once he was gone from WCW, he pretty much was focused on moving forward. He was not interested in wrestling around this point. And there was also a house show, which, uh, which features Ric Flair and Bret Hart in a match several weeks after the incident with the Filthy animals was occurred, as much as I have not liked some of his conduct and some of his language towards his opponent, I must award this case to Nathan Greenway. Yes. Thank you, Your Honour. Thank you.
1: I-, I respect you now.
0: Sometimes it's not about going with, not about the popular decision, fortunately, in the world of justice.
1: No, it's just about going with the truth, and today the truth was found. Ric Flair <laughs> walked for 25 <laughs> hours, <laughs> which no one brought up, <laughs> from Crystal to Vegas, and then he hung out with Kiss, with Gene Simmons, who didn't even believe it was Ric Flair at first, as is well known. There we go, Jimmy. Uh, um, you were, uh, your story was trash. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You know, here I
2: was here. I was thinking that, you know, when you win, you win with some sort of decorum and you you, you just you try and be you try and be a gentleman on the way out. Uh, I may have lost here today, but what I didn't lose is my respect for the court system. The good people that have sat here and heard the arguments and, you know, respectfully are, are respectful arguments towards one another um, so thank you, Judge. I appreciate it. And although I didn't come out victorious this time, I believe next time my 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 truth, my my evidence will be good enough to win me- my next case.
0: Thank you. A very gracious and defeat and If there is a, a lighter note we can take away from this, it's hopefully that Nathan will stop mentioning Sean Spears and GTV. And now we must bring the k Court this week for, to a close.
1: Isn't that what we're I doing next? Like, I, I
0: have all this evidence. I the clown is down. And now that the dust has settled from k Court, Nathan has seemingly gained some sort of redemption <sighs> from last time. Unpopular as it may have been, and I was tempted as I was to just give Jimmy the win to piss Why? off Nathan justice would not allow me to I'm a, a servant of the court
1: well you did the right thing uh, so I thank you for uh, yeah we
2: were yeah. going
1: to do the retrial last um, some a bit I'm, I'm a bit confused by that
2: uh, yeah uh, no that's, that's still that's common, dude don't worry that's coming uh, okay. You know how long the appeals process takes a little while, man. You know, it's gonna it's gonna take a little while to get through the offices. There's a lot of people. Plus there's a there's a holiday this
1: weekend, so like you know, uh yeah, it's you know,
2: a people bank holiday. It's a bank
1: Nobody's holiday over here tomorrow, so yeah, yeah. Was um was my good friend Sean Spears at Double or nothing? He was. He was. What did he do other than probably steal everyone's information?
0: <laughs> he, uh, he was he was the second lot of five that came out, and fittingly, the first four came out, and then he came out, basically meaning what? he was ten because you know ten is his only thing.
1: Came out for what? The oh, battle, for, royal. Uh, oh, they had a battle royal. Oh, the
0: battle royal. Five and then five and then he probably he hung behind it,
1: them because he was recording them.
2: I mean, if he was Big recording man. them, he would've, he would have won. He wouldn't have yeah. like. He wouldn't have lost, like he did.
1: What a fucking loser. Yeah. Dude, what, what's, what's your deal with Sean Spears, dude? He's a good dude. Because you... you or, or Stan, or Ty Dillinger. Who the hell is this guy? He's,
0: he's a, not he's a guy.
1: Even. He probably doesn't guy. have a social security number. I bet he doesn't.
0: I know do he does have. He does have Peyton Royce, and that's all he needs right now.
2: And that's all he needs for me to believe in him. Alright, if he can land Peyton, <laughs> Peyton Royce, then good on him, dude. He's dude. You, you knocked it out of the park. Good for
0: you.
1: He's probably defrauding her somehow.
0: See, Sean Spears is the guy who should have the never give up catchphrase, and not John Cena. He is an example of never giving up if he <laughs> is. <waiting> for... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, class. Oh, guy. He's probably a really nice guy. I should probably say that before I get us <laughs> <out> in trouble. <laughs>
0: probably may have him.
1: Yeah, I'm probably gonna get I should probably never meet him. Well just make wild accents. Halfway through that oh yeah halfway through that I tweeted Eric Bischoff to ask him if he was at Halloween (laughs) Havoc What if he replied, Oh he's not, he's probably not going
2: to Oh, uh, just ends up replying and he was like, Yeah, I was in the building. I'm I'm demanding
1: a retrial. We'll come back based on new evidence. Yeah, a tweet I said at E. Bischoff, random, but just wondering if you were at Halloween Havoc ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he would get back to us during the actual court case and then I could be like, Oh shit. And we could make a bit out of it. But... that that would have been that would have been
2: hilarious. That would have been really great. But hey, missed opportunities. We'll we'll get back in that courtroom and uh I'll get I'll get my win back, brother.
1: <laughs> You've been reading too many dirt sheets, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, when you said closing arguments, I kind of realized I'd won because Jimmy's argument <laughs> just fell apart. It's so just I just sh- was...
2: in the last minute of that whole thing. <laughs> See,
1: before so I just closing... turned I just turned up the smug prick for the closing argument.
0: <laughs> See, before closing arguments, I offered you another point to try and argue against them, but just by your reaction, I figured like. Yeah, this is over right now. Yeah, the I second
2: was... the second it came out that it was just like I I, I that he was that it was like the house show
0: or whatever, my brain just went fuck. although <laughs> like, I do appreciate the Barney Stinson being a part of your case.
1: Yeah, that did confuse me. And then when you said reply to it, I was like, shit, I've got nothing. <laughs> I was like I'm still confused <laughs> by it. <laughs> What I, was I don't know it. That it was a long shot. It was out there. That was such a great recovery because when we went, yeah, he wasn't in his suit. And then you came up with that like almost instantly. That was really.
2: That it was quick-witted. It came to me when you were doing your rebuttal, and I just. My brain went, suit, awesome. Oh, Barney Stinson. And then I just went to Barney Stinson.
0: Because <laughs> when in doubt, go to Barney Stinson. <laughs>
1: But obviously being being the show we're on your story wasn't true and mine was
2: listen i i appreciate i appreciate you looking after the wound and everything but you don't have to rub lemon juice in it on the way out you know like i you know you won man you won
1: if i'm ever in the states i'll take you to see kiss <laughs> you can try and get backstage and, and talk to gene simmons and see something really happened I actually would go up to him and be like, Gene, are you friends with Ric Flair? And then if he says no, then we have to have a retrial. <laughs> if he's like, no, I have met him, I'm a huge fan, but... Uh, Imagine if he just said, him. yeah, I saw him in a town outside of Las Vegas, but I wasn't sure if it was him. And then we're like, shit, Nathan was right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just...
2: <laughs> when I normally run into Gene, we don't really talk about the late 90s too much, but I'll make sure to ask him next time.
0: Because he probably can't remember him. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting and listening to both of your opening arguments, and I both thought, like, both of these are probably plausible, considering who we're talking about here. Well, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> well,
2: the reason the reason I didn't poke holes in the fact that you said he walked 25 miles, I was like, no, nah, Rick probably figured that out. No, yeah. not miles, hours. Oh, hours, 25 hours. But yeah, still, I my brand didn't even pick up on that because I was like, no, yeah, Rick could have done that because the basis of my story is that he dusted himself off in a suit he wasn't wearing the night before, to, to like party for three
0: weeks and just wandered into a nitro. See, I, I was hoping before you made the poison target that asked how did the suit come from? I thought you were gonna say it suddenly regenerated on his skin like the Venom symbiote is always a part of him. <laughs>
1: Damn, I really wish you thought of that instead. <laughs> of that. That's really good. The suit's actually his skin.
2: He just he just sheds the skin and he's already
1: wearing the trunks. Oh, and- <laughs> yeah. He's actually a snake of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better than that true that's story a- I made up. <laughs> leave off on <for> this one. <laughs> oh
2: our congratulations to rick at you know for recovering from his surgery well
1: and doing well said yeah yeah glad to hear he's doing well yeah. um it will be he'll be back i'm sure he'll still get the roast of rick flair uh, oh, one day. oh yeah they'll do another star cast won't they well you could easily just do that as a touring stage show that would sell a hundred percent for sure for sure don't okay to travel, obviously.
0: Have you just listened to the reciprocal picture?
1: No.
2: I I listened to some of it. Uh some of the jokes in there were
0: were pretty brutal. because <laughs> yeah, like they mentioned Conrad marrying wherever Claire Swords and he said that I can't remember who it was, it was a comedian, he said Charlotte got flares, athleticism and charisma, and his other daughter clearly got his poor marriage decisions.
2: The, the first.
0: Eventually, oh, uh, since i on the, on recovering Rick. Uh,
2: all in uh, when in the they did when they did the Bruce Pritchard thing early on in it. Somebody said like, uh, Conrad's like fat and out of shape and can't wrestle, and Rick all he said was, "All right, I already have a son that's like that or something."
1: Jesus,
2: <laughs> I told you, some of them are fucking brutal, dude.
0: <laughs> oh, I, poor I... David Flair. My favourite probably is Jeff Jarrett was there and uh, somebody said to him Jeff, the only successful angle you've ever been in is Karen. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I, was oh in, my I, was in, I was in the middle of Tesco school listening to that and I audibly like pulled a face which you imagine there would be people walking by thinking, what is that man doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> um, Christ. Poor Jeff. I'm trying yeah. to think of storylines he's been in
0: now. <laughs> the one where he got beat up by China.
1: Yeah, when he refused to uh work it unless he got like three hundred grand or something, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Don't know if that's true by the way. So.
0: I think apparently it's the money he used to start up TNA, so apparently so.
1: Oh, well that was a good decision then. They've got disco inferno.
0: Oh. Let's go with God, I
1: saw. I don't follow because um, I'm not watching wrestling. I've unfollowed loads of like basically all wrestling accounts, but I still follow Lance Storm. And I saw him tweet earlier yesterday saying, "Oh, it hurts me to say this, but Disco is the best heel in the industry right now." And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm never going back." <laughs> 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 if that's the bar we're at. Where Lance Storm, very obviously respectful and brilliant trainer and wrestler and everything, is saying that he's the best they've got.
0: I think if we're gonna be talking about Disco Inferno in we might as well wrap it up there. I not going to talk about that, man.
1: Fucking hate Disco Inferno. I
0: know. I mean, that's
1: the, that's that's not the a, last thing I'm gonna say. That's me. That's that's uh
2: that's that's not a that's not a real hot take yeah. to have. I agree with you. Believe me, Disco Inferno
1: is one of those guys that it's just like, dude, shut up, please, enough. He won the best gimmick of the year from the Wrestling Observer. And no. I was just sorry, that'd be like World War Two winning best war. <laughs> you know, but I said it.
2: I said I, I said it earlier. It I said it earlier. The night the '90s in America was a you know difficult time. Okay, it's just we didn't we didn't make all the best
1: decisions. Fucking, oh, it's not Dave Meltzer, is it? It's the voters, the readers. You lot are meant to be smart. You're not. Yeah. Fucking I mean, idiots.
2: Disco Inferno. People liked him.
0: And <sighs> <On> that note. <laughs> yeah, thank you for tuning in to another key KF court, and hope you tune in again. Where once again, nonsense will be shared and justice will be served.
1: And- we should bring Disco into KFAB Court.
2: Oh, I'm sure if we look into it, there's something we could bring up. Well, he's yeah. not going to cost a lot, is he? If we wanted to actually get him on the show. I, he strikes me as one of those guys that overcharges because he thinks that he's... Never mind, never mind. It, it probably
1: wouldn't be great. But overcharging for Glenn Gilberty would be like, what, $11 oh
0: slam i think you're overestimating it by about ten dollars yeah because he's overcharging <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna ask if uh, you guys want to plug anything jimmy i'll start with you
2: um yeah uh actually uh i work for a uh pro wrestling uh company here in New Jersey called pro wrestling magic and our pro wrestling magic tag team champions, the American murder society are doing a UK tour starting this week, uh, starting on Tuesday, the 28th, they're going to be in the lose town hall. I believe that's in London. I think they're they're over there with LDN wrestling. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them. Um, uh, but yeah, they're going to be doing a little, uh, cross promotional tour with LDN, Starting on the 28th through the 1st. So if you're in the London area or you're familiar with LDN Wrestling, go check them out. They're, they're really great guys. Um, really fun wrestlers, especially Aaron Bradley is just like kind of off the charts. One of my favorite wrestlers at the moment. Steve Off, always charismatic. Uh, and a handful of other guys are going to be over there from Pro Wrestling Magic uh, in the UK. Um June 15th, we're also doing something over here that should be a lot of fun with violence and suffering and pro wrestling magic. If you want to find out about it, I'm at Mr. Riot, M-R-R-I-0-T, because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me over there. I'm sure I'll be able to annoy you with my uh, wrestling promotion and whatnot. Other than that, I'm going to be here talking to you guys whenever we can get together. Thanks for having me. Oh man,
0: Good having you on and Nathan Berkens. People go to hear you go about your victory.
1: Uh, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway, um, and if you guys could tweet, please retire at the Real Disco. That would be great. <laughs> Cheers, guys.
0: You can get me at Scott McCloud 1996. Uh, you can get the brand at Rogue Opinions on Twitter.
1: I know, we've so we've just to jump in. We've changed it. It's at Rogue Underscore Opinion. On Twitter and on Instagram
0: like, was just rogue opinions taken
1: uh, yeah basically it's a bit it's a long story I'll tell you off mic.
0: Yeah, I, would have Ooh, appreciated, dish. I would appreciate being told before I did the closing but
1: oh, I just presumed you would have checked we changed it like a week ago <laughs>
0: I withdraw that previous statement. And I apologize. <laughs> but mainly, uh, book underscore opinions on Instagram and on Twitter. And before this escalates any further, goodbye. Bye now. Bye.